facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Charles singing America, listen to this. America, ooh, America. May God thy gold refine. May God thy gold refine. Come on, Ray, sing it out. Success. Be nobleness. Be nobleness. You can sing it with me too. Listen to this, here it goes. Charles, here we go. It's a happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. This is Father Rocky sitting for Kale Clark. Now, if you're driving a car, don't clap your hands, but you tap your feet. Thank you, Ray Charles. What a great rendition of that great song, America the Beautiful. That's my favorite rendition. Hey, everybody, I am not Cale Clark. He's on vacation, and he needs to be because he works so hard. My name's Father Rocky, and I'm sitting in for Cale Clark today at this 5 o'clock hour. We'll be back at 7 for the family Rosary Cross America. We thought, what the heck, let's try this, and let's uh, put a little Ray Charles out there to get you in the mood for this great 4th of July weekend. We're also streaming it live on the Father Rocky Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. 
because we have that ability. Fourth of July weekend, Independence Day. I don't think anybody does that song better than Ray Charles. You know how many stanzas are in that song? Let me see. I printed it out here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stanzas in America the Beautiful. And it was composed by Catherine Lee Bates. Did you know that? Catherine Lee Bates. She lived from 1859, right before the Civil War, till 1929, well after the first Civil War, the First World War. And that poem, which turned into a song, was inspired by a trip she took to Pikes Peak. That's out in Colorado. I think you can see it from Denver. She took that trip in 1893. And we've got a great station out in Denver. Shout out to people listening at 1690 AM. And she wrote that poem in 1693, and it first appeared in print about two years later, on July 4th, 1895, in a pamphlet called The Congregationalist, which is a weekly journal. She revised the lyrics in 1904 and again in 1913, and I love to sing it after Mass, when I celebrate Mass whenever it is a holiday, like July 4th, or Memorial Day, or Flag Day, or Labor Day. So let's talk about patriotism today. And if you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call at 888 That's a toll-free number. And you can tell us why you are happy to be an American, why you love being an American. So patriotism, patriotism, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it something everybody should uh, participate in? Well, it is connected to a Christian virtue. Did you know that? Take a guess. What commandment do you think patriotism is connected to? There's Ten Commandments, right? What commandment do you think it's connected to? It's actually connected to the first commandment on the second tablet. You with me so far? So there are two tablets of Moses coming down Mount uh, Sinai. And the first tablet had three commandments, all related to God. And the second tablet had uh, the rest, seven, uh, seven commandments. And the first of those is the fourth commandment. I hope I didn't confuse you with that. And that is honor your father and mother so that your days may be long upon this earth. Honor your father and your mother. And the word for father in Latin is pater, P-A-T-E-R. That's very close to patriotism. Patriot, that's the cognate, that's the root of that word. So when we are patriotic, when we love our country, we are, in a sense, loving and honoring our ancestors who came before us. And even if our ancestors weren't here first and we're the first generation here, we're honoring with gratitude those who came before us and provided what we have. So that's patriotism. It's part of the fourth commandment. And how is it shown? It's shown by loving your country and defending your country if you need to, if it needs to be defended, and serving your country and speaking well of your country and doing the best you can to help your country. I think of President Kennedy's speech uh, years ago when he said, don't ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Patriotism. We learned that in school uh, as youngsters, when we would stand to um, uh, recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Do you know the Pledge of Allegiance? Can you say it with me? 
Now, if your car in a car driving, and I know there's a lot of people on the 10 and the, the 5 out in Los Angeles, please don't stand up in your car. I know there's a lot of people in New York and Chicago listening too. But do you know the Pledge of Allegiance? If, if you were a student in your classroom at the beginning of the day, you would stand up and put your right hand over your heart and would recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's the Pledge of Allegiance. It's just one sentence. All children know it. I think all Americans know it. And we put our hand over our heart as a sign of reverence and honor. We stand for the flag. You've seen those posters out there. I stand for the flag. I kneel for the cross. I kneel for God. And the United States flag code says the following, that the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag should be rendered by standing at attention facing the flag with the right hand over the heart. When not in uniform, men should remove any non-religious headdress. Take your hat off. You walk into a restaurant, you take your hat off. You walk into a clubhouse, you take your hat off. You walk into a church, you take your hat off. When not in uniform, men should remove any non-religious headdress with their right hand and hold it at the left shoulder, the hand being over the heart. Persons in uniform should remain silent, face the flag, and render the military salute. Members of the armed forces not in uniform and veterans may render the military salute in the manner provided for persons in uniform. That's one way to show patriotism. Will you put the flag out? For the 4th of July, is it something you're proud of? Do you have misgivings? Is it something that your neighbors would applaud and respect? Or do you live in those areas where maybe you're a little bit tentative about that and people may not like that flag because they have all sorts of issues with our country? And there are issues. Believe me, there are issues. And we should work with a spirit of gratitude to improve everything in our country. I was reading on the uh, website where I got a little bit of this information that the Pledge of Allegiance to the United States is an expression of allegiance to the flag of the United States and the Republic of the United States of America. Such a pledge was first composed with a text different from the one we use at present by Captain George Thatcher Balch, B-A-L-C-H. Is that new to you? It's new to me. He was a Union Army officer during the Civil War, which was a terrible, terrible war in a country where President Lincoln first set out to preserve the Union, and then about a year and a half into the war, he figured the only way he could preserve the Union was to abolish slavery. One of the original sins on our country's conscience, there's still repercussions to it today, but it's not only the fault of previous Americans is also the fault of those who sold those people into slaves in their own native countries, but you don't hear a lot about that. There are other original sins in our country, and that's how we had treated the Native Americans, but in my opinion, the greatest sin right now is the sin of abortion. And still, I love America, and I don't want to move anywhere else. I don't want to go anywhere else. I feel very lucky to be an American. Well, back to the pledge. The form of the pledge used today was largely devised by Francis Bellamy in 1892. That's 130 years ago. And formally adopted by Congress 
as the pledge 50 years later in 1942. That was the beginning of World War II. That's when my father was sent overseas into the South Pacific as an army officer for four years. Can you imagine that? First he was in Australia, then in New Guinea, and then in the Philippines for the liberation of the Philippines. And so growing up as a child in the Chicago area, my father having served in the war and being a patriot, we had great respect for the flag. We would hang it out on holidays in front of the house. And we'd walk out, we'd frill it out, and we were taught that you could never let it touch the ground. Because if it touched the ground, you had to burn it because it was sacred. We knew it was a symbol. We knew it wasn't the Holy Eucharist, but we treated it almost as reverently as the Holy Eucharist. Next, we were explained why we treated it so reverently, because that flag has been placed over the caskets of men and women who've died for the country. So don't take it lightly. The official name of the Pledge of Allegiance was adopted in 1945 after World War II, and the most recent alteration of its wording came on Flag Day, that's June 14th, in 1954 when the words, Under God, were added. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And allegiance is a Christian virtue. It's loyalty, right? And to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. But I know when I say it, I'm always thinking in my head, with liberty and justice for some, as not everybody get justice, right? The unborn child is deprived of justice. Let's just be honest about that. And I won't spend a whole lot on that, but I did want to say that at least, right? So we're going to take your phone calls today, 888-914-9149. I'm Father Rocky. This is the Kale Clark Show. It's the 4th of July weekend. I'm looking forward to the 4th of July weekend. And I'd like to know why, what you like most about being an American, what you're most uh, proud about uh, as an American. Let's take a phone call here, Patrick. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you, Father Rocky? I'm doing great. Beautiful weather this weekend in Chicago. Holy smokes. It is. So my question is, I've been doing, I won't be flying the flag. I've been doing lots of work this year after George, George Floyd's murder about the uh, sin of not only slavery, but racism in the U.S. So my question is, how do you reckon with the sins of an institution, not only the United States, but our own institutional church, and still be a member, still be a like you say, loyal member of that group? That's a great question. And I wrestle with that too. Um, I've studied history, and there's recent revelations of what's happened in Canada in the residential schools for the indigenous populations, which were run by Catholic religious orders, Protestant religious orders. Um, you know, I can't always give an exact answer. And that's why I like talk radio, Susan, because you can take a lot of time to talk about it. It's not like TV where it's 10 seconds and you're done, right? So um, I'm always looking for more information, more information to try to understand it. You know, so what was it that caused in Canada? Um, I think we can see a little more clearly now from the vantage point of the um, 21st century that there was colonialism mixed in with a spirit of evangelization. And it's played out in different ways in different places, right? So uh, the Spanish evangelizers to Mexico 
uh, taught the people Spanish, but they treated the native population quite differently than the Protestant evangelizers in the United States Canada treated our native populations. So I certainly uh, cannot um, dismiss um, the original sins in our country of how we've treated the native populations and how the African-American slaves were treated and um, the injustices in our country today and abortion, which I think is far worse. But I'm also grateful for what I have, and I think you are too, because if you weren't, you'd probably move somewhere else, right? And that would be really complicated. I have lived and worked in central Mexico in the summers. I've lived in Rome for four years. I've traveled other places. And I want to make the place uh, a better place. And um, I, um, I, th I think just by condemning the past, uh, I'm looking for something more positive I can do for now and for the future, right? Uh, to look for that good. So I'm not saying to be Pollyannish, like to think, well, um, you know, there weren't problems in the past and, the, and there are problems today. There are, right? Uh, but I think at some level, you know, where we all live within the same area, we're all called to help each other and root for each other and, and to promote each other and to find that union uh, with each other and move forward. Is that helpful at all, Suzanne, or I'm just making it more confused for you? Oh, it's not confusing because I I personally am working on really looking at systemic racism in the U.S. That's my my passion right now, sure. and not only in the U.S. but in the church. And and not really, only in the church, it's it shows up wherever human beings are, right? And it seems to be inherent in our weakened condition because of original sin that, um, you know, we, we tend to be, unless we make an effort to be charitable, we tend to be unjust and uncharitable with other people, whether it be in our own family or a neighbor in our neighborhood or wherever it is, right? And it's it, the scourge of something. So I've thought about this a lot, too. It's not like I haven't thought about it. And I've tried to unpack it in, in like the phrase systemic racism. And as a priest, I hear lots and lots of confessions. I've never heard a person accuse themselves of systemic racism, but I have heard people accuse themselves of being unfair or being judgmental, rash judgment, or even racist singular. And then you can work with that. But if you just say it's the system, then who's going to take responsibility for it? And I think it was John Paul II who who raised that idea of structural sin in his documents on social justice uh, back in the 90s. And he said, while we can feel oppressed by structures of sin, that won't resolve until we take personal responsibility for sin, right? So personal responsibility for being unfair or for being unjust or discriminating unjustly against a person because of the language they speak, the way they look, or the color of their skin then I think you make progress moving forward. But I, I just get, you know, like, well, how do you deal with systemic? I, I can't deal with that. I, I got to deal with it personally, right? What do you think? Keep learning. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I say, I say um, just keep learning. Keep reading books. Keep um, listening to personal stories. Keep interrupting racism when and where you see it. Sure. And anything unjust and anything unfair and anything unkind. And um, great, Susan, 
I hope you have a 4th of July, and God bless you for listening. All right, let's take another phone call here. Jose, calling from New Mexico. How are you? Hello, Father Rocky. I've been listening to you uh, talk about patriotism, and I just wanted to add my two cents. Thank you. I am a natural. I'm a naturalized citizen. I've lived here almost all my life, except for the first two years. I grew up here. I experienced racism uh, against me, and I just figured, well, okay, uh, move on. Uh, people are going to be people. Uh, and I tend to look forward to the future. I don't look to the past. I know that this country has had issues, and we have to rise above them, and it starts with us. We can't always be looking back. we got to take each day and move forward and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, do the best we can. Uh, it seems to me that we're too worried about first world problems instead of uh, doing something about it, you know. Uh, and uh, this country offers opportunity to everybody. You just have to grab it and go. Uh, you just have to work hard. And how will you celebrate the 4th? How will you celebrate the 4th, Jose? Well, I fly my flag every day, especially on holidays. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy the fireworks. I'm going to (laughs) enjoy my family with uh, with food. And we're just going to have a good time. Good for you. You (laughs) Thanks for calling in, Jose, and thank you for listening and supporting. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, while we need to be mindful of the past, we need to strive for the future. And um, I don't think there's anybody who's listening right now who's never been unjustly discriminated against or uh, in one or another left out or injured or hurt or or the rest. You know, I learned pretty early on I was not going to play in Major League Baseball. They kept cutting me from the team. I thought it was unfair, but anyway... It's a 4th of July weekend, people. I'm sitting in for Kale Clark. My name's Father Rocky, and what you're hearing there in the back room is background. There's God Bless America. You know who wrote that? If you know who composed that song, give us a call at the end of the break at 888-914-9149. Our sponsor, Charity Mobile, where 5% of your monthly plan price goes to Relevant Radio or another pro-life charity of your choice. New customers can mention Relevant Radio to receive a free phone. More information at CharityMobile.com. Land that I love. Stand beside her. And guide her through the night with light from above. Without God's help, we're lost. From the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans. White with foam. God bless America. My home, sweet home. Your home, too. All of our homes. Take care of your home. Hey, everybody. I'm Father Rocky sitting in for Kale Clark today. He's taking a vacation. It's the 4th of July weekend. And um, I hope I didn't stir up a hornet's nest here talking about patriotism in our country. But 
it's really a topic which is germane for this weekend. And we're also doing a little test. We are broadcasting this on the Father Rocket Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. And I see Helen Lagori wrote in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi, Father. Hi, Helen. Say hi to Mike and all of your kids. Hope you have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. So give up. Who who wrote God Bless America? Somebody put Francis Scott Key. It's actually Irving Berlin. How about that? Irving Berlin composed the song in 1919, but only became famous right around World War II. He wrote some other famous songs. I'm sure you know about it. White Christmas, that was Irving Berlin. He wrote Blue Skies. No, there's no business like show business. And he read, wrote God Bless America. And when he described his goal as a songwriter, Berlin said, my ambition is to reach the heart of the average American, that vast intermediate crew, which is the real soul of the country. My public is the real people. And the one who really made it famous was the singer Kate Smith, one of the great singers of her day. She had asked for a few numbers for her radio show, a new number for her radio show. The year was 1938. She was looking for something fresh to mark the 20th anniversary of the end of World War I. And uh, that's how she made it famous. And we sing it today. So we'll take your phone calls, 888-914-9149. We heard from Susan from Chicago. She won't be flying the flag, but I think she loves the country and wants to make it better. Jose, he's from New Mexico, and he came from a foreign country, naturalized citizen, and he felt sort of the lack of acceptance of being a foreigner, but he got over it, and he loves our country. He's going to fly the flag, and I think he's going to be having hamburgers and beer for 4th of July. And, and Rita's on the phone up in Milwaukee. So, Rita, welcome to the show. I've been listening to a number of different stations, not just Relevant Radio, but some other Christian stations as well, and they're giving a lot of history about our country and the people who fought to make it what it is and to keep it going. And a lot of these people, some of them were Catholic people. And I just think a lot of people aren't aware of that, that some of these people were Catholic. They think everybody, it just happened, and it didn't. And um, uh, sometimes I wonder about going somewhere else, but I don't know where else I'd go. Because oh, I don't not. think I'd be as free anywhere else as you I wouldn't. am here. You're right about that, Rita. Everybody wants to come to the United States of America. That's why I say, you know, if if you don't love your country, why do you stay here? I'll tell you why you stay here. It's easy. It's convenient. Your cars work. Credit cards work. It's safe. The infrastructure works. You can drink water out of the tap. You've got a tremendous amount of freedom here. So I like to challenge to people to put that in context. It's not perfect. No place is perfect, but everyone wants to come here. I have lived in other places in the world. And I'm very, very grateful. So I want to hear from our listeners. Why are you grateful to be American? Why are you grateful to be American? Uh, Nora Bongiorno writes on our YouTube channel, I was in charge of our flag during my summer job at the town pool. And I was so proud and honored to have had that experience. I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral where a person gets the military rights. I was there just last week. I've seen it done many, many times. And everybody stands at attention as we honor the person who's died, who uh, spent time in the Army. That was certainly the case with my father. 
He spent four years in the South Pacific in squalid conditions, right? First in Australia, then in New Guinea, right? And most of the Americans who died in New Guinea didn't die from gunshot wounds. They died from the jungle, right? Berry, berry, dysentery, quicksand, creepy crawlers, vampire bats, just horrid conditions. I remember as a kid, I was in Boy Scouts, I said, Dad, do you want to go camping with us? He said, no. And I'm thinking, dads are supposed to say yes. He said, look, I camped out for four years in World War II. I'm not camping anymore. I've done my hitch in hell. I'm not doing it again. Boy, that, that made me think. So I think it's a weekend we should be all grateful for the freedoms and blessings we have in our country. And, and if you're not grateful for it, why are you here? Why are you here? That, that's what I ask people. You know, we should try to make it a better place, right? But let's be grateful for what we have. You know, and then we, we talk about, in certain places, reparations uh, for slavery. You know, when there are injustices, there should be reparations. Georgetown University should make reparations for the slaves they owned and they sold. They should give all that money back with interest if they're serious about it. And that's a huge amount. That would probably wipe out their endowment fund. But, you know, if you're going to talk about it, you got to live it. But I recently discovered that I had two great uncles. They were brothers of my great-grandfather. They, home, they came here to America in 1852, and two of them were killed at the Battle of Shiloh in Tennessee, fighting for the Union and fighting for the end of slavery in this country. And that's why I stand for the flag. That's why I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the sacrifices they made. And in my extended family, down through... 170 years, Wagners and Hoffmans and Murphys have been in this country. I've had eight or nine or ten uh, relatives serve in the armed services, in a, and I'm grateful for them. So what are you going to do for Fourth of July? Let's take another phone call here and tell us why you're proud to be an American. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Father Rocky. Um, I'm calling because actually you, you probably are familiar with this. My son is one of the students down in Mexico working right now through the Northridge, through the, oh, I mean, God the bless Mesh program. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, between that and uh, we just came back from Mexico, you know, people that aren't happy to be here should make an honest, a true honest attempt to live in another country of their choice right. <laughs> for a couple months or something like that and, and then come back and, and see the reality because it's really easy to speak living here of how much you don't like it here. But just wait until your country of your choice. Just, just go and, and truly live there for a little bit, and, and you'll come back with a new perspective. So God bless America, and I am very happy to um, to fly the flag this weekend. Hey, thank you, Nancy, for flying the flag. God bless you, and what great parents that your son um, volunteered to go down that Mexico Service Project. I did that Mexico Service Project from 1994 until 2009 when I'd been chaplain of Northridge Prep, which is a boys' school in the Chicago area, and I absolutely loved it. I love the Mexicans. I'm completely bilingual. Love the people, love the food, love the exotic nature of uh, the whole place. But, you know, up in the highlands of Michoacan, folks, I'm telling you, there is no running water in that village. The closest paved road is 45 minutes away. Uh, there isn't the kind of infrastructure you have here in terms of medical and dental and police and fire and all the rest. And, you know, people do fine, but they all uh, want to come to this country. And I can understand that. And um, it, it, it's a good thing to say there, Nancy. You know, go live somewhere else and, and see. What, here, I'll give you an example. Rome, beautiful city. I lived there for four years. Great food, beautiful cars, wonderful people, extraordinary fashions. 
But you know how many errands, E-R-R-A-N-D-S, you can get done in a morning in Rome if you're lucky? One. And maybe one in the afternoon. Here in the Chicago area, you can jump in your car, get an oil change, get a haircut, stop at Walgreens, um, get the car washed, and still be back in an hour and a half. You can't do that in most places in the world, right? So there's a lot of conveniences here. And um, I'm grateful for those. Okay, you know, we can't all live in San Diego where the weather's beautiful all year round, all right? Some of us have to live in Chicago where it's nice this time of year, right? Let's take another call here, 888 We're getting ready for the 4th of July weekend. And why are you happy and proud to be an American? Hi, Dave. How are you? Great. Again, it was wonderful meeting you at the Daily Center, then also at St. John Brebaugh Parish for Michael Klatt's Mass. It oh, was wasn't it great? His, his diaconate coordination. <clears throat> God bless you, Dave. Yes, it was beautiful. Um, you know, my dad, by the way, was the same way. He came back from World War II, and the first call he got was from a friend that said, let's go camping. He said, are you crazy? <laughs> I've gone. My dad's never camped the rest of his life. Yeah, you know? no, he didn't. You know what? You know, the, 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 one of the tough things in life that I experienced, even as a kid, you know, I was a middle kid in a very large family. Mm-hmm. It's really tough when you're actually accused of and punished for something you didn't do. My That's family right. was not here for, for, for all that uh, presented racism. Uh, they came from Sicily and Poland many, many, many years later. Never a racist bone in our bodies. No, it's not in my DNA. My mother and father raised me very well. And it's very hurtful when, when people say that it's in my DNA. So I really ask these people that call you, and they sound very anxious. They sound angry. And what I believe the foundation of that is sadness. That sadness comes from lack of forgiveness. If you just, And they, they see evil, like the killing of that person uh, on, on TV where the knee went to the back of his throat. I think it's George Floyd. It, it was, right. it, you, you see evil, when you see evil. You can't react to evil with evil. What you have to do is you have to react to evil with justice. It's not easy, Dave. That's no, not easy. No, and that's, that's, that's why I'm asking, you know, don't, don't throw that horrible filth on our flag. Take that flag out and fly it. The flag's being accused of things that it has never done. And, in fact, it stood for, amongst a lot of blood and tears and pain and suffering, it stood for righteousness and still does. So I'm, I'm going to ask these people to forgive, reach in to forgive. God was able to forgive us for killing his own son. If we can reach in and forgive, we're going to be held by those same standards of unforgiveness. God will hold us to our own individual standards, in my opinion. So if we would forgive and show that forgiveness and show that faith in one country under God by putting out that flag. Very eloquent, Dave. I can't add anything more. How are you guys going to celebrate the 4th of July? Will you fly the flag? Will you go to Mass? We have a family get-together. Will you visit a grave of a loved one? All those. We've got that all on the list. of The flags, the main flag's up all the time. We have like four other little flags sprinkled around, and uh, we've got all that on the, all on the, the to-do list for, for the 4th. So I got a little story for you here, Dave, and thanks for holding on. A week ago, I was chaplain at a boys' camp up in uh, Wisconsin, and whenever we can on the Thursday of that camp, we do a little Corpus Christi procession on the property. It almost always rains, so we pray to Our Lady of Fair Skies, and it stops raining. And earlier that day, I was at a store, and I saw 
uh, packet of six American flags on sale for like five bucks. I said, hey, I'm going to buy them. I, and I was thinking of bring them back home, put them in the backyard in the garden for Fourth of July. But right before the procession began, you know, I had four boys carrying the canopy, four servers, four other boys carrying the candles, and then, then I had these six flags. And I said, does anyone, does anyone want to carry the flag, uh, the flags in the procession? <laughs> A riot almost broke out. They were so proud to be able to carry the American flag in a procession of Corpus Christi because they know what it represents, uh, the freedoms we have in this country and our freedom of religion and our freedom of association and our freedom of the press, which, um, you know, many people paid for with their own blood in wars, and we should be grateful for that. At the same time, you know, we work on forgiveness. We work on being just and fair. And we work on having intelligent, uh, balanced discussions where we look at all sides of the issue and acknowledging injustices of the past, but also acknowledging the injustices right now. I mean, the, 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 the terrible, terrible crime of abortion is far worse, far worse, in my opinion, than all of the other crimes committed in the history of the United States. And we pray, God, that the scales may fall from our eyes and we can change that and repent from that. Because if we don't take care of the young, um, you know, what are we going to do? The number to call is 888-914-9149. This is Kale Clark's show. I'm sitting in for Kale Clark today. My name is Father Rocky, and it was on July 4th, 1776, in Philadelphia at um, Liberty Hall that the members of Congress, uh, they, they signed their name to a document known as the Declaration of Independence, which is now in our National Archives Museum, and uh, they. Do you remember how this how this started? It started um, the unanimous declaration of the thirteen United States of America. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So the members of Congress said, well, if we're going to separate from um, England, from the United Kingdom, we need to state why we're doing this. And this is how it begins. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What extraordinary fine words based on natural law, a realization there's a Creator, that there is a law in nature, that all of us are created equal in terms of our dignity, and because of that we should all be equal in terms of our opportunity. What we all know, not everybody is as fast as Usain Bolt, all right? Every, nobody, not everybody is as great a golfer as Phil Mickelson. And the Cubs don't weren't in the World Series every year. So we're equal in dignity and we should have equality of opportunity. And that is how our great country uh, was founded. Well, let's take a break. All right, we'll take a break.
Happy 4th of July weekend, everyone. This is Father Rocky sitting in for the Kale Clark Show. Hope you come back at 7 p.m. Central Time tonight for the Family Rosary Across America. We do that every night of the year at 7 p.m. Great to be there. I know Bridget's on the line. Mary's on the line. Carl, we're going to come to you in just a second. I saw on my Facebook page this comment, because they put comments there all the time. This comment's from Norma. She writes, Celebrate our freedoms and be grateful to God for all the blessings he's bestowed on America. We have nothing to complain about, Father. My brother fought in Vietnam, and our family of 11 kids were so grateful to God for bringing him home, and we celebrate the flag he fought for. God bless you. We're going to celebrate with fireworks, with food, and our flag flying high. I hope you have a great 4th of July weekend, too. Let's go to the phones. Bridget's holding on the line all across America. Monterey, California, which is a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Hi, Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Hi. Yes, it is beautiful, but we've been having lots of cloudy, typical June gloom. Mm. Um, Father, I just want to commend you for being so diplomatic. <laughs> I've never <laughs> called in. I've I've wanted to to uh, you know other programs, but I I just had to speak up and uh, speak up for America. Um, I, as I told the uh, screener, am the daughter of an immigrant. My father came from the Philippines and joined the army. He was a 23-year veteran and went to Vietnam, got the Purple Heart. And I, I just told my husband the other day, he would just be rolling. In his, I'm sure he's rolling in his grave if he knew what was going on or if he saw what's going on with our country. But I think um, sometimes I wonder if people who criticize our country um, have not had family members, dads, uncles, brothers who served in the military um, or were immigrants uh, because you know when you have somebody that you love who stood up for our country and fought for every liberty that we have I think you would not be criticizing our country and as you pointed out to the other caller that um, why do we have so many immigrants coming here why if we were such a racist country. I do not believe that we have systemic racism here. You know, like I said, I'm Filipino. I know it's different, perhaps if I were African-American, and I'm not denying that there's racism, but I don't think it's, it's systemic. And, and I think the other thing is people who criticize our country have never been abroad. Like you said, you know, we lived, mm-hmm. I lived overseas with you know, my family for a while and not in the Philippines, it's in New Zealand, but well, let's talk about that a little bit, Bridget. Let's talk about that a little bit. Thank you so much for calling in because my father, um, he landed at Leyte Gulf in the Philippines with MacArthur and the second world war. And, um, we don't know how history would have uh, turned out otherwise, but you know, there were dictatorships in uh, Japan. There are dictatorships in Russia, dictatorships in Nazi Germany, dictatorships in, um, uh, China, where people don't have freedoms, right? In this country, we've got the freedom of religion. Folks, that is not the case in much of the world. You can't just build a Catholic church in Saudi Arabia and go there to worship. You can't just do that in the Sudan or in in China. And for most of human history, there wasn't freedom of religion. We've got that here. I think, Sus- I think though, Bridget, that uh, people who are wrestling with these issues, they do mean well, because there are a lot of things we do need to improve in our country. And, um, you know, one of them is, is the, the terrible injustice of abortion. 
but again, I don't think it's helpful to call these things systemic because then no one's going to take responsibility for it. And we all have to look in our own heart. Am I fair with others? Do I give them a decent chance? Do I respect them? Do I recognize that they are children of God? Do I recognize that we're all equal in terms of dignity in the eyes of God? Do I recognize that we're all, should all have equal opportunities? But we all, you know, sooner or later, you know, I think people's feelings get hurt when they feel discriminated against, you know, and I have to say my discrimination in sports was just discrimination. You know, I played seven years of Little League baseball, but I didn't go beyond that, and I didn't play in the NFL. I wanted to, but nobody nobody drafted me, right? A lot of other things besides. You know, we all have sort of uh, those limitations. So, Bridget, thank you so much for that. We're going to go to Mary in Arlington Heights. She's been holding on the phone. Mary, welcome to the Kale Clark Show on Father Rocky. Oh, hi, Father. You know what? The Lord knew what he was doing when he called you to pastor your people, his people. <laughs> but um, I, I, I love this country, and I love the ideals it was founded on. And sure. that is what we're celebrating to me. Not the not the divisive things. I criticism where criticism is due, but not not on this day that we should celebrate the best of what our country is. And we have we have so much. And men gave their lives for us. The Civil War for Black people. I mean, and on and on. And this is a beautiful country. Thank you for those words, Mary. Uh, you living in the Chicago area know that we had really quite a harsh winter. We had three weeks of snow uh, this year. I live in the city, and um, I take my car out of a um, garage on a on a on a on a what do you call it? An alley. Well, there's so much snow in the alley, nobody could get out. And for the first time since I've lived around here, the neighbors got to know each other because they had to help each other get out. And I, I said, isn't it, isn't it interesting? We're so busy and you know, isolated. You know, it takes kind of a natural disaster. In this case, it was four feet of snow where people pitch in and help each other. Nobody asks, what do you believe? What's your religion? What's your race? All the rest. You say, we're human being. And I like that. Oh, my goodness. I should have said this earlier. This is, this is a really helpful phrase. We should all know and repeat. It was an insight of St. Maria. I heard him say this in the 1970s. I couldn't believe it, but it really resolved. He said, there's only one race. It's the race of the children of God. There's only one race. It's the race of the children of God. And that way we can build unity. Let's go to Carl. He's been holding on patiently in California. Hi, Carl. Hey, Father Rocky. Hey, I just wanted to say happy Independence Day. Thank Um, you so much. my, My time will be spent. Yeah. My time will be spent with just with my family, and uh, I got three young daughters. And of course, everybody's got their experiences they've gone through, you know, with the pandemic and whatnot. But uh, sure. just trying to share with my kids what that day really means. Thank and you. one of your callers called in, and he nailed it. Dave, I believe it was, it talked about yep. forgiveness. You know, if America's history is nasty, the best thing we can do is to forgive, learn from that, move forward, and you know what? Put your flag out. And share your joy and get to know your neighbors and do things just locally to make a difference. That's a beautiful thing. Dave is very profound. Carl, I'm glad you echoed that sentiment. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. You know, when we need to ask for forgiveness, 
and uh, try to make our country a better place. I try to do it every night. We pray for our country. For the 4th of July, for me this year, we'll, we'll hang the flag. Um, but it's going to be a really great 4th of July for me because my cousin's daughter is getting married and I'm doing the wedding. <laughs> How about that? And then there's going to be a big celebration afterwards. And uh, I have to have a shout out to my cousin because he was a pilot in Vietnam. He got shot down. Oh, no, no, he, he had a plane crash uh, over New Mexico, and he's a training uh, pilot. And he survived, and God bless him with nine children. And this is the last one to get married, the ninth. And there'll be a lot of grandkids there, very joyful occasion. And I think we might even sing God Bless America. I can't do it like Ray Charles. I really wish I could. He just does an awesome job with that Fender Rhodes electric piano, puts his whole heart and soul into it. He's talking. He's happy to be an American. He loves to be an American. I know you do as well. But um, thanks for joining us. We're going to have to go because um, Timory's coming up. Isn't she something? Trending with Timory? I once asked her, Timory, you take on some pretty hard topics here. Do you ever get hate mail? She said, oh, yes, Father. I said, what do you do? So I pray for them. <laughs> God bless you, Timory. So uh, coming up at 7 p.m., we've got the Family Rose Across America tonight. And I'll be doing that. Hope you have a very, very happy 4th of July. And let's take it out. Listen to the best rendition ever of America the Beautiful by Ray Charles. Liberating strife. Who more than self Our country loved America mm-hmm.